0: Good morning. The scripture today comes from Romans 8, 3-13. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. he who raised jesus christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you so then brothers who are debtors debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live this is the word of the lord
1: A little bit of a tongue twister there. Hey, sorry, Anna. (laughs) At least it wasn't chapter seven. It's even more so. All right, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! Now, there's a gentleman that used to say that as he entered into the ring before fights and wrestling matches and all sorts of things. He began by saying, let's get ready! Rumble! It was pretty amazing. As a kid watching it, my heart would start pounding. I would get really excited, usually because it would be a Mike Tyson match or Hulk Hogan or something like that. I'd be like, yes, this is going to be awesome. Let's get ready to rumble. Now, I was not participating in those things, but I knew what that meant, that there was a battle that was about to take place, that there were two foes going against each other. And in the end, But in wrestling always, in boxing sometimes it was a draw, there was always a winner. Somebody was going to come up on top. Now over the last few weeks as we're talking about the gospel life, we've been talking about the fact that we've got a problem, and that problem is our own heart and how it turns in on itself, that sin separates us from God and his holiness and his righteousness, but that God has pursued us over and over again in who the gospel is, which is Jesus. He is steadfast in his love, pursuing us to bring us back into whole relationship with himself, with ourselves, with all others in the very place that we live. And he does that through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and by bringing about new life through the resurrection. So if we are in Christ, then we are new. We are sons and daughters of God, and that gives us a brand new identity, a primary identity that we walk in that is not able to be taken over by any other identity that we have. However, we are also walking around and still face temptation. We still have these things that come upon us and we fall into patterns of our own brokenness. These places where we do not look to God anymore for who we should be, but we look to ourselves or other things for who we should be. And Paul is addressing that here in this Romans chapter. He is saying to us that there is a battle that is going on, that within you there are things that are taking place and you have the opportunity to walk according to the flesh and your brokenness or according to the spirit and your newness and who you are as a child of God. And so really it boils down to this. We are seeking to be holy because God is holy. Look at that first couple of verses. It says, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned it. He did away with it. He broke it in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law would be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit And so as we begin this battle, it's good for us to understand this truth, that our goal, who we were created to be, what our primary identity is in Jesus Christ, this idea of holiness, being one with God, wholeness, is the fruit of a Trinitarian grace that God sends His Son, the Son comes into the world as a sacrifice, and then as an example of new life, empowering us. And then God places Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our minds, giving us the ability to walk in holiness. Now, again, the Trinity is a mystery, and don't ever ask me to explain. No, I, I, I can't explain it right now, and I probably really can't really explain it because it's a mystery. But it's good for us to know that that interaction that has been before all things, before we even recognize all things, that always has been this dance that is God between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the one who is pursuing us and making it possible for us. And so we are moving from being those who walk in the flesh to those who are walking in Holy Spirit. That our minds no longer focus on what is of the flesh, which is death and decaying, and what is the spirit, which is life and peace. That it's hostility when we walk in the way of the flesh, but it is peace when we walk in the way of the spirit. And again, it is good for us to remind ourselves that in and of ourselves, we are deeply curved on our own hearts. We look out and we come back saying, what do I want? What do I get out of this? How is this going to affect me? And because of that, we need this Trinitarian grace that comes to us of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that comes and pursues us. The heart of the flesh is a heart of stone. It's a heart that is hard and cannot accept the grace that God has given us. It's a heart that says, I still have to do it on my own. It's a heart that wants credit where credit is not due. But God says, I've given you a heart of flesh that is open to receive as a gift the things that I have already accomplished and done. So stop thinking of yourself as an orphan. Stop thinking of yourself as one who is outside and begin to realize I have brought you in through the power of Jesus and you are now my child. And you are no longer outside. You are in the family room. You are with us. Paul says over and over again in this passage, talking about dwelling on the flesh or dwelling on the spirit, having a heart of flesh or a heart heart towards the flesh or a heart towards the spirit. When we hear that word flesh, sometimes, sometimes when we hear that word flesh, we might begin to think of uh, the most debauched party that you can think of. We hear flesh and we think, oh, yeah, right, like the worst of the worst. That's what he's talking about. No, no. The flesh is us being our own gods. It's so simple and subtle in our own ways of living that we begin to not see God anymore for who he is, but believe that we are the ones who are going to be our own savior. And so we set our desires on the flesh and not our desires that are on the spirit. Tim Keller puts it this way. To set our mind on the desires of the flesh or the desires of the spirit is to make them the absorbing object of thought, interest, affection, and purpose. Now, none of us set out and go, I want to usurp God. I want to overcome him. I I want to be the one that saves myself. Most of us are are at least cognizant enough, at least know our own hearts well enough when we aren't putting on a mask even to ourselves to say, I do bad things. I do broken things. I elevate myself over everything. I love me more than I love anybody else. And so it's easy for us to go, oh yeah, there's flesh over here. I know there's flesh. And what tends to happen when we do that is we decide we still need to save ourselves. And so we still dwell on the flesh by believing we're the ones that can do it. And there's a couple of ways that that can happen. One is legalism. We can come up with a system that will protect us. A system that we think if I do these things, these things that I've determined I can accomplish, I will please God. Now, if you've been around church much, you've heard that word legalism, and probably what comes to your mind is Pharisees. If you've not been to church much, when you hear the word legalism, you probably think most Christians in general. Right? Because we have this idea that the Pharisees were those who put up boundaries and rules, and Jesus says that they did, in order to prove themselves holy outside of the work that God was doing and was going to do through Jesus. But we do that too. We will often fall into legalism, that we build these rules, these things that we need to accomplish, the duties that we feel will make us worthy of God. And it springs from this identity that we have of God. See, when we move into legalism, we believe that God is seeking to punish us versus God's seeking to set us free. So we move to the flesh when we have this wrong view that God wants to punish us. So we need to figure out the things that God wants me to do in order to make him happy. And we build these rules and regulations. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you fall on the other side. Because another way that we dwell on the flesh is to say, that's impossible to do. I'm not going to be able to do that. So we begin to either renegotiate the things that make us good, or we just say, I'm going to give up and I'm just going to do the things that make me feel good. Not be good, but feel good. A word is license that's good for us. It's it's giving ourselves into what we want to do. It's saying it's impossible for me to accomplish this. It's impossible for me to fight this battle. I'm not going to overcome it. So it it can't possibly be true. So we minimize, instead of minimizing God's love, which is what we do when we're moving towards legalism, we minimize God's holiness, what he's called us to be. And we minimize it by saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to seek after this. I'm going to make the, look, I'm not going to be able to please God, but I'm going to please myself. And so maybe that's overeating. Maybe that's some sort of substance that we use. Maybe that's filling ourselves with positions of power. Maybe that's making sure our relationships are about us and that they give us what we need. There's all sorts of ways that we do this. But here's what really happens in both of those things we begin to either focus on the thing that we want or the thing we want to avoid. And when we are working to keep ourselves from being drawn into the things that we know we shouldn't be doing, what we're doing is focusing on those things. And as we focus on those things, they become more and more primary in our thought life. And they move from being the primary thing in our thought life to being the primary thing in our heart life. And as they move to the primary thing of our heart life, they become the destination that our body moves towards. Catch this. We start off by saying, I don't want to sin. I don't want to break God's law. And so I'm going to set up these systems to keep me from breaking that law. I I don't want to do this. This is not the thing I want to do. I'm going to keep myself from doing this. So either I'm going to build systems that keep myself from doing it, or I'm going to rename it so I can go ahead and do it. And as I begin to think about it more, somehow I get closer and closer to it because I need to analyze it. I need to look at it. I need to make sure I'm avoiding it correctly. And as I continue to do that, all of a sudden I'm at that place where it is my destination. And now that thing that was just in my mind that moved to my heart that propelled me to move towards it is now the thing that holds me in bondage because I've been focused on it. That's being focused on the flesh. But what God calls us to do is focus on him in the Holy Spirit. And if I focus on God and the Trinitarian grace that is provided for me, then I move towards it. It becomes the thing that my heart can't help but desire. It is better than all else that I've ever experienced. And my body begins to move towards that. And I move away from a place of bondage and feeling like an orphan towards God. And I claim my childship that is only in Him. And I say, yes, He has come to save me and make me holy. How amazing is that? So our minds are vitally important for us because with them, what we set our mind on and what occupies us becomes a key role in both how we are living now and where we're heading. It's important for us then to remember that Paul in 2 Corinthians says, take every thought captive. That there are things constantly coming into us, whispering in our hearts, saying to us, you're the most important. You're the one that deserves this. Only you can save yourself. You're better than all the rest. Or you're worse than all the rest. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares for you. I don't know why you believe that there's anyone who would have anything to do with you at all. And both those things are turning your mind and your eyes off God and his glory and moving us to a place of elevating the flesh. So if we really believe that we are children of God, then we think of what the Father has told us. We think of God's glory and His majesty and how He's created and made us for a purpose to bring Him glory and to bring Him honor. And it seems impossible. But that's why Romans 8, 1 and 2 are so important. Because it reminds us of where this starts. It says this, Therefore there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is no, it, this whole idea of moving from the uh, 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 a mind that dwells on the flesh to a mind that dwells on the spirit is that there is no condemnation. When we don't understand that we are called to obey, not out of fear and duty, because we don't want to get punished, but we are called to obey because of love and gratitude, because there is no condemnation. That's not, there's no condemnation for this one, but there might be for this one. It is, there is no, never, ever, ever, ever going to be condemnation. You are walking in the righteousness of Christ. And because of that, you have the ability to break out of your brokenness. You'll never be perfect. I've tried. We'll never be perfect. But we are being perfected by God who loves us and pursues us to bring us into wholeness. So a battle rages. And oftentimes as we encounter those places where our heart moves towards sin, where our heart moves towards the flesh, we need somebody to say to us, let's get ready! Sorry, Chris didn't mean to wake you up. Let's get ready! To rest. Let's get ready to rest. Because the battle has been done. It's been taken care of. We rest in the righteousness of God. Through Christ. By living lives in Holy Spirit. And he empowers us to do that. So that we can call out, I'm a child of God. Let me pray for us. You are holy and mighty and true. You are worthy of all our praise. We give you glory and honor. Let us focus on you. Turn our hearts towards what your heart is about. Turn our minds to what your mind is about. Move us in the direction that you are about. Because you have made us your children. And we rest in your righteousness. Father, if there's anything that's not of you today, I just ask that you will burn it up. But if it is of you, I just ask that it will take root in our hearts. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.